Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. Welcome to Mother Angelica, answering the call where the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck here along with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother take on some questions from her classic television programs back in the 1980s and the 1990s. And you were there for some of them, weren't you, Father? I was sitting in the live show audience with my family when they came here to visit, and other times, too, uh, involved in the background in a number of ways as a friar, would be floor directing or in the producer's chair or doing things like that for the live shows. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the topics that Mother will be addressing. When you put your faith and trust on the sideline, hmm, it's very football-like for Alabama, how should I pick my confirmation name? putting things in God's hands. But first up, we've got being vulnerable. That's really tough, Mm. isn't it? It is. And so Mother really makes that distinction between, well, we can just shut ourselves off and shrivel up like a prune, as she would say, (laughs) or we can continue to choose to love. That Being hurt is part of loving. To love is to be vulnerable. And we see that expressed most of all in our Lord's own vulnerability, that he came to love us and he died on the cross for us. Right, and it's interesting too because in some ways you have a mother here who probably doesn't want her son to worry, doesn't Mm -hmm. want to get him upset, but he's hurt because she's not trusting him, right? Yeah, and he feels kind of left out and he feels hurt. Obviously he has a deep love for his mother. And you know, it reminds me of something that Alice von Hildebrand said about her own great love for Dietrich, her husband. And how she said she still grieved him when she was alive. She still grieved him every day. But she said that pointed to the great love and the time that we had together. And she wouldn't trade that, you know, that they had this deep love for each other. And that's why she felt this grief. And so to love is to be vulnerable. And Mother says, I hope you do hurt because it means that you've loved. Absolutely. The other thing I thought was interesting, Mother kind of uh, addresses a little bit, is the idea that you're kind of cutting off your mother because you don't want to be hurt again. But do you only love people Mm. when they do what you want them (laughs) to do? Uh, That's something we learned in Marriage Encounter a long time ago. Mm. Yeah, she said uh, quite bluntly, uh, you're being selfish here, right? (laughs) So look at that reality that you're thinking about yourself perhaps a little bit too much here. Yes, you love your mother, but you're looking at yourself a little too much. (laughs) Right, and and, and maybe you you need to step back and understand what Mm -hmm. she is going through and think Mm -hmm. about her situation rather than how it's impacting you. And how can you comfort her at this time when she's got this bad diagnosis Now's the time to really love her, even though it's going to hurt. Absolutely. As Mother tells him, you need to be vulnerable. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. My name is Dennis, and I'm calling from New Jersey. Uh-huh. And my question is about fear. Uh, this evening we're talking about different types of fear, fear of uh, crime or, or violence. But I have a fear of uh, sometimes, which is quite, I would verify that with love. I, I am very close with my mother and I have a very close relationship and I take care of her and she is ill and she has been ill for a while. And I've, I've just done everything that I possibly could do for her. I, I'm continually calling prayer lists and having her put on their prayer list. And she had to go into the doctors this past Friday and I took the day off today to spend time with her. We went out for breakfast and I asked her if she got her doctor results back. 
and she had said no, and I called my sister and found out that she had, and the test results were uh, all very, very bad. And I, my first immediate action, I was just so angry because, she, one, she didn't tell me the truth, and two, I, I wanted to call her and tell her that I don't, I no longer want to speak with her anymore because if something happens to her, I can't deal with it. And I, and I have been through a lot. I've also had a very hard life. My family has hard, had a hard life. I <clears throat> was engaged for seven years, and my uh, fiance a couple years ago was diagnosed with a deadly disease, cancer. So I am very strong. My faith is very strong. But it just seems like tonight when I go for my sister, I figure, well, maybe I should sit down and pray. But sister, sometimes when you pray, it just gets you get tired. Like I just feel like I know that the Lord has done much for me. But I, I'm really angry with my mom, and I'm feeling, oh, maybe I should not love anyone this way. Why, 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 wait a minute, hold on. Why are you angry with your mom? Because I feel she's not taking the best care that she possibly can. I'm doing as much as I can for her. I am working full-time. How, how old is your mother? How old? 66. You say 56? 66. 66. Sweetheart. Some people at 66 feel like 86. And you have to take that into consideration. What you're really afraid of is being vulnerable. You don't want to be hurt again. You can't tell your mother who loves you so much that you don't want to talk to her. That's really selfish, you know that? Why do you want to hurt her so that you're not hurt? Lover, you say, well, she's not taking good care of herself. Well, she has free will. Do you love people only when they do what you want them to do? Is that how she loved you when she's bringing you up? You see, you owe your mother by the commandments faith. You owe her love and honor. And, and you need to love her now more than ever. Sure, you're going to be hurt. I hope you are hurt. That means you loved her. It took me a good year to get over my mother's death. I wasn't ashamed of it. I loved her. Well, that's part of life, and you can't run away from it. Don't punish her because you don't want to be vulnerable. See, you were engaged to someone, and that didn't work out, and you don't want to be hurt again. But you see, you're hurt more by not allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Jesus is very vulnerable, very vulnerable. When he did this, he opened himself up to ridicule, criticism, hatred, and a little love. Well, a lot of love from his mother, an ex-prostitute, and a good friend. Everybody else ran away. He could have said, I know what you're all going to do, so I'm not going to love you anymore. You're just going to hurt me. But being hurt was part of redemption. His being hurt and, and, and rejected, a worm and no man, was a part of our redemption. You, loving your mother, going through the process of, of her fear and, and when she's sick and grief when she dies, is a part of your sanctification. Run from that, and you'll be miserable because there's so many things you can run from. You have to learn how to run to, not from. 
Run to your mother. Run to Jesus. You can't run from. Run to catch up with you. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to be hurt. Don't be afraid to love someone who doesn't love you. That's what's being, so that's the new commandment. Love is I love, and that's how Jesus loves. He loves everyone so deeply. But the, some people don't care, and some people hate him. But he never ceases to love. The worst harm you do yourself is if you cease to love. Because you might be hurt, or you have been hurt. You shrivel up like an old prune. Don't do that. Be willing to be hurt. The pain of trying to keep yourself from being vulnerable is much greater than the pain of loving and losing. And next up, a very interesting call. When you put mm -hmm. your faith and trust on the sidelines, why is it so interesting, especially to someone like yourself, Father? Yes, and you know, when young people enter religious life, they do it with all their heart. And sometimes it doesn't work out for one reason or another. Like Mother used to say, it has to fit like a glove. Both the community feels that you're part of the community and you feel you're part of it and it's it just working well. But that doesn't always happen, unfortunately. But as Mother points out as well, we just trust God. And part of sometimes for people, it can be a really formative time. Maybe they didn't have this vocation to religious life and yet it was something valuable where they learned the regularity of prayer. They learned working with others. They learned different virtues. And maybe it was the style of that particular vocation. Maybe they had a, mm -hmm. another religious vocation, or maybe they were ultimately cause, uh, called to uh, a, a life of being married, if that was the situation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, there's a story in uh, St. John Bosco where this man, he had been living an exemplary uh, religious life, and John Bosco said, uh, your vocation's not here. He said, have I done something wrong? No but you're called to marriage. And he ended up having 10 children that all became Salesians, I think, for the most part. So that was his true vocation, even though it was, first of all, to grow in holiness. Looks like Don Bosco had a vision of recruitment. So let's see what Mother <laughs> yes. has to say when you put your faith and trust on the sideline. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Holdingford, Minnesota. And what is your question? I wanted to ask you about, I have been released from the monastery. I was in there for three and a half years, and I was told to go just out of the blue, and this happened in March of this year, and it was very devastating to me, and uh, it's very hard for me to go on with my life. Yeah. And... I know I have a vocation in the religious life because I was very happy there. And right now I'm taking counseling, but it's very hard for me even to pray sometimes. He, they didn't tell you what happened? No, they just told me to go. They kept giving me in a circle continuously. I couldn't even get a straight answer from them. Mm. It's unusual because, you know, they're really, I think, I would think charity would demand they would tell you what's wrong and then try to help you either find another place or get on your feet somehow. 
Um, but I know that's a great sorrow, see, because that's uncertainty. Uncertainty. Why they do this and why did they do that and what can I do about it? See, there is where you're losing your joy. Trust the Lord he has some other place. And trust the Lord that this was for a good purpose, you see? See, if we don't understand that good comes out of everything, then we just kind of sit in it like a mud puddle. And then more fear. And, and everything comes upon us, and we can't do a thing. We're just paralyzed. That isn't what our dear Lord asked us to do, see? Our dear Lord said, trust me. Look at the lilies of the field. They don't sow or reap, and, and yet they're more beautiful than all of Solomon's court. So you need to say, okay, I don't know why. You can't help being hurt. Don't try to have amnesia, you know. We're hurt, we're hurt. That's all. You bear it, you give it to the Lord. It's a suffering. When the Lord said, carry your cross, I don't know what, you, what do you want, a styrofoam cross? <laughs> Isn't that what you want, a styrofoam cross? You know, just make your own and carry this little thing on your shoulder. No, it's hard and heavy like his was. So go on now, pick yourself up and go on and find another place. Get some counseling. Say, what's wrong with me that they wouldn't even tell me why they let me go? But just don't sit there and vegetate. See, that means your faith and your trust is really not operating. It's just sitting on the side somewhere. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. I'm Doug Kecht along with my confrab here, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how should I pick my confirmation name was the question. How about you, Father? <laughs> and that is a, a good question that this... Uh, young person brings up preparing for confirmation and mother says well learn about the saints you know what i found interesting in mother's comments here is that mother likes to pick out the faults of the saints <laughs> as Absolutely. she often did because it gives you courage right when you see that someone like mother had a great devotion to the curie of ours she had a right. statue of him and uh, just a great devotion to him but she brings out some of his uh, weaknesses you know as far as intellectually and so on and yet he was pious, and he was ordained, and he became this great saint. Absolutely, and it goes to show, as we, we seem to always see, how our Lord takes the least and makes the most. Even Mother Cabrini talking about mm -hmm. how short she was, or if he couldn't hit the, hit the ground when she would sit. But she also mentioned she was a little vain. <laughs> she didn't want to picture above, below her knees, right? And I thought of when I first came here to visit EWTN, the sisters had this sign, we don't know what we're doing, but we're getting good at it. And it just made you feel at home, you know, that you didn't have perfection yourself, and you could be comfortable here. Right, exactly. And, and Mother talks about the idea of, of being a dummy herself. <laughs> and how you're, not true, but that's how mm -hmm. she would see herself, just like the cure of ours. Maybe what people see from the outside is not clearly what God sees in people. Yeah, and it brings, gives us hope, doesn't it? It gives us heart 
that we all have different struggles, we all have different weaknesses, and that's how we grow in sanctity. The saints are not born, but they grow, right? It's, it's through that cooperation with God's grace. Absolutely, and that's why you should think about how you pick your confirmation name. We have another call, hello? Hello, sister. Hi. Um, where, how, where are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania. Wonderful, what's your question? Um, first, I'd like to say that I see you every day because my grandmother went to see you last year. Yeah. And she has her picture of you and I always wished about talking to you and now I finally am. <laughs> well, thank you, honey. Thank you. You're man. welcome. <laughs> okay. My question is about confirmation. Okay. I'm receiving it this year and I was wondering about my name. Um, how do you think I should pick it and what should it mean to me? Well, I would pick a name that means something to you. Means something to you. A saint, perhaps? Maybe you have devotion to the little flower? Then I would pick Therese. Um, look through a book of saints and read about them. And, and see which one you feel at home with. See, I like the curé of ours a lot. I have nothing in common with him. He's a mystic. I'm not. The devil was always after him. He's not after me. Burned his bed one time. Burned it to a crisp. I went to ours just to see his burned bed. I mean, it was burned. But I don't have anything in common with the curé of ours. I love him because he was a dummy. He was a dummy. He only got ordained. He only got ordained because after the revolution, French Revolution, there weren't any priests around. And, and he had a hard time with the Latin. And um, so the bishop said, is he pious? He said, yes, ordain him. <laughs> but they didn't know something about the curé. We may not have been very bright here. But he had a lot going on here. And when he was walking to ours, he met a little boy about 10, 12 years old. And he looked at that little kid and he said, show me the road to ours and I will show you the road to heaven. Wow. And for years, you know, he preached sermons that nobody listened to. <laughs> then he'd go out in the first step of the church, everybody on Sunday working and dancing around and getting drunk. And, and he had a very high-pitched voice for a man. And all of a sudden, boom, oh, here comes this voice. You know, after much, much prayer and much temptation and everything else, he converted 250,000 people all by himself with God's grace. And the devil appeared to someone during those days and said, if I had three priests like the curé, 
my kingdom would be destroyed. See how much holiness is necessary. So you go through a book and pick out a name that you feel, I like that saint. Maybe Imelda, a young saint, devoted to the Eucharist. Could be Catherine of Siena, a great mystic. Could be Mother Cabrini, little Italian. She was so short. Her feet never touched the floor when she sat down. <laughs> and just a little vain. She would never allow anybody to take a picture of her except from the knees up. <laughs> Just a little woman, powerful, powerful, and a great saint. So I'll pray for you, sweetheart, and thank you for calling. And closing out our program for this week, In God's Hands, isn't everything? And that's what Mother's bringing out here. Sadly, this woman was given really uh, something that was disappointing to hear uh, from a priest. I'm sure he had good intentions, but that we ultimately have to see that all things are in God's hands. And you know, St. Therese had four siblings that died in childhood, maybe some, a couple of them very early on. And she really understood that they received actually favors through the intercessions of these little ones. Mm -hmm. So we put all things in God's hands. We don't always have to understand, but we do have to trust. Right, and I think just to some degree, if you read the story, when you listen to it, you realize there was actually a physical handling of the heart by the right. by the doctor, mm -hmm. and so it may have even been to some degree a misunderstanding of right. what the priest was trying to get across. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when a mother was bringing up her own ailments. And I remember the sisters said one time they went through the alphabet and I think they had <laughs> something, some ailment for every letter of the alphabet for Mother Angelica. Well, when she's called to do this great work, why? Well, it kept her dependent upon God and she knew where her strength came from. Absolutely, she would say that all the time. Mother Angelica, in God's hands. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Uh, I'm calling from Louisville, Kentucky. And what is your question? Um, we lost a little granddaughter uh, about a year ago. She was three and a half years old. Um, when we found out that her heart had stopped on the operating table and they were using a hand massage to keep her alive, um, you have to excuse me, I'm a little nervous, uh, I said to everyone there, it was in God's hands. The priest who was with us said, no, it's in the doctor's hands. Uh, we do know that it was a mistake that was made by the physician that took her life. But I find it hard to believe that God did not have this in his plans, that he knew our granddaughter was coming to him that day yeah. to be with him in heaven. You're right. I'm sorry to say this priest was wrong again. All things are in God's hands. He either ordains or permits. God permitted this to happen. Your granddaughter is for sure in heaven. You have a little saint up there, and I'd take advantage of it too. 
once we begin to exclude anything in our life from the will of God, his permitting will or ordaining will, then where do you stand? Tell me that. And how are you going to accept it? See? Sure, the, the doctor made a mistake. We will admit that. But a heart step stops at the will of God. You see, it was not God's will that our Holy Father die when he was shot. But that bullet came that close to his aorta, aorta rather. And God guided that bullet. This was not time for him. Yeah, we all are victims of other people's mistakes and ignorance and everything else. That's what makes saints out of all of us. Injustice unfairness, all the rest. Don't blame anyone. The child is enjoying what you one day will enjoy also. We must accept God's permitting will as well as his ordaining will. The sisters keep asking me, Mother, why is it you've got asthma, you've got 20 things wrong with you, you've got braces, and you've got to do all this work. I see the will of God in such a wonderful way. All the credit goes to Him. I know from whence comes my strength. It's not me. And you know and you were right. Give that child the joy of enjoying her being face to face with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I wish you holiness of life. I wish you the joy that no one can ever take away. I wish you the knowledge of the love of Jesus and his Father and his Spirit. And I wish that you accomplish his will with the joy of a child, knowing that he is preparing a mansion for you in his kingdom. God bless you. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.